When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pretty wrapped to have our next guest live in the studio, Roach. We've spoken to him the last couple of years. He is definitely one of our favourites. There's no BS about it. Uh, you ask a question, you get a genuine answer. Scotty Burns, former Collingwood captain. How timely is this, Senior Crows assistant coach, to have you, Scotty? Uh, thank you for coming in. Oh, good to be here, lads. Um, how are you feeling about Collingwood? Uh, you are there for a long time. Yeah, yeah. well, they deserve it. I mean, I think the best two teams over over the course of the year have got there, so it's it's going to be an interesting game. and. Um, Fly's been fantastic since he's since he's been put in the last two years, and and Fags has put the hard work in with a team that was developing and uh, been top four pretty consistently. So they they nearly both deserve the opportunity to uh, put the lift the uh, premiership cup uh, at, the, at the later in the day. You know we'll be getting to your coaching aspirations at some stage in the next <laughs> uh, hour because you must sit there and see what Fly's done and think. Mm. Yeah, look, he, he's had a long journey, Fly. He, he's yep. been in a lot of places. He was development coach at Collingwood when I was there. He was fantastic. Went to Richmond, then went to Hawthorne. So he, he's had a big journey, and he's just a terrific um, people's person. And um, he's seen a lot of – or he's worked under a lot of good coaches. So we always look at the Premiership Club, assuming Collingwood and Brisbane will be – which one of them would be the more influential on future coaches? The Chris Fagan style or the Craig McRae style at the moment? Well, I think you've got to get a coach that fits in with your club too. Mm. So – um, look, it depends what's happened in the past. You might have had a development coach type player there the, uh, the, the, that's helped um, a young list come through. Then you might need the senior play, the senior coach to really take over. I think if you look back at West Coast a, a long time ago when Mick went there, that real hard-nosed Victorian edge, it mm. fits in at that particular point in time. And there's no doubt Flight I thought, was the best pick for Collingwood two years ago. They needed someone externally away from Collingwood that really hadn't had uh, – he had worked there as a development coach, but not a huge influence. It was Brisbane and Richmond were the major influences on him. And so I think it depends. It's, a, it's amazing how it shifts. It swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Like you talk about the hard edge with Mick Malthouse and then Adelaide tried that with Robert Shaw, which really uh, didn't work. And then you get to all these new new age cuddly coaches now. And yeah, How much is that about generational change as well? What, what do you learn about today's player that is well, different to when you were playing and different yeah, to when yeah. Mick was playing and different to when anyone else was playing? Yeah, look, you've opened up a can of worms here with me with that. Because really? I, I don't think... We talk about generational all the time, mm. but I, I can I see players that I've coached at um, you know West Coast 15 years ago that I see today at Adelaide. Like there's there's a player who needs to put you need to put an arm around them. There's another player who needs to be ridden pretty aggressively. There's um, players that are self-driven. So it's more to do with the individual. Um, look, I think there's no doubt society's changed as a whole. It's changed mm. for the better in in a lot of ways. But uh, I, I do get we've got to be careful because the environment that we create. Can come back and bite us on the on the backside too if you if you're too soft or you you too lovey dovey when you don't need to be you need to be honest you need to be open, and I think that's the main reason you create those environments now where you know there's psych safety is that you can afford to have those harder harsher conversations when they needed to be had. Well, just on that, we had Bo McCreary on then. He said that Fly never says yeah. a negative word, yeah. never. He hasn't had to, has he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's ask. a good point. Hey, we got plenty but of time. What about also feedback, like? Kim and I come from a generation where you had to respect your elders and you only spoke when they spoke to you. How do you deal with a modern player who's speaking before you even speak? No, I love that. I yeah. love that in coaching. Yeah, I, I love the fact that they're invested. 
and, and try and convince me, prove me. What, what do okay. you mean by that? Yeah. Let's let's have a talk about it, and they'll come up with some some fantastic ideas when you when you open up and you let them let them have a chat, and then it gives you a chance also. Okay, but have you thought about this? And what you find most most times with a with a younger player? Oh no, I didn't quite. Okay, well let's have a look at this. I'll show you this player who I coached 10 years ago, this is the problems he was going through. So you can have those conversations with them quite easily. So I think the, the ability for those players to be able to be open and honest and have the conversations with you is a, you need to create that environment so you can have those, um, the, the more dialogue. This is good. We've got a little bit of time up our sleeve. We'll just go through things chronologically. Last night was the Brownlow medal. Did you watch it and your views on the Brownlow? And do you think the umpires should still be doing the voting given there are a few howlers there? Oh, I think it's, historically, let's just leave it as it is. We've got the... Yep. The coaches' votes now. You got the the MVP for the players, so it's one that's been there forever and a day. And um, yeah, look, they don't get everything right, neither do we. The the, the umpires, and it was interesting though, because before I went on, or before it came on last night, I went on the website to have a look at the um, the predictor, yep. and they they had Lockie Neal winning it. So I'm not sure how much of an upset it was at that point, but well, I did, didn't it surprised me when I looked at it. That surprises me a little bit. Mm. I didn't know. I, I thought Nick and Nick Dacos and Bottom Pelly would be right up there, yep. those two. Um, but Lockie Neal was a terrific player who. He stands out with some of the things he does do. Least touches he's had since 2015, and first uh, person to win the brown low that didn't wasn't an All Australian in in nine years. So it caught a few off guard. And um, in regards to the umpiring, they're not allowed to have the stats. Surely they should have access to everything, so they can have time to just let things resonate and breathe. And they don't have to give awards or votes on the stats themselves, disposals. But you can see tackles, clearances, and. Surely that's got to be a tool that they can use. Yeah, I thought they were allowed to, except the dialogue I've heard obviously the last um, yeah. twelve hours. But um, I think that's more to do with maybe what happened last year, isn't it? Mm. With the, you know, the the stuff that's happened. Mm. The phones are put away and they yeah. don't get access yeah. to them. But they should at least get print out copies mm. with stats. I agree. The fairest aspect of it is something we don't often consider because we're just looking for the most brilliant player. But they have to consider fairest. You are out in the field for a long time. You know how players behave. Did you see many players you thought when you walked off the field, he might have been the best, but he's not going to get votes this week if he, for his back chat and all that sort of stuff? Oh, probably with back chatting, yeah. The umpires certainly take that on board. I, it's changed in the last 20 or 30 years, what you used to mm. get reported for oh, and yeah. what you get reported for yeah. now. Like Sometimes we're scratching our head. Is that really reportable? I don't quite understand that. So there's, there's obviously players out of uh, – wouldn't have been eligible to win it for the, the tackles this year and the, mm. head might not, yeah. the opposition's head might not even hit the turf. So mm. um, we could maybe have a look at that going forward. Uh, just on that, uh, last week's prelim, prelim final where Brent Daniels sort of head touched the ground, not with great force and taken off for a test and he's off in the last quarter, 15 minutes and really there didn't appear to be any need for it. No, that's big. They're, they're pretty disappointed and they should be, the Giants too, because mm. he's, when you're looking at things to happen, when you need a spark, it's it's more of those smaller half forwards, isn't it? All that big bustling yep. like a Geordie Degoe type out of the midfield. So they're so important you're late in games and yeah, that was a big blow. I had no idea they're live, and I, I didn't realise that until probably two hours after the game when I um, I saw Adam's um, press conference. Yeah, he was filthy. Hey, we need to get into a break. There's plenty to ask. A lot of texts coming through. We'll let you answer this one. Hi, guys. Matt, the Collingwood supporter from West Beach here. I have two questions for the great Scotty Burns. One, what was your favourite match from your playing career? For myself, as a fan, during your playing days, it's hard to go past the 2007 semi-final against West Coast, which went to extra time. I've watched it quite a few times on DVD. And then second question was, what were your impressions of a young Scott Pendlebury in the three years you played with him? Thanks, guys. Love the show. Go Pies. So firstly, um, your greatest game, your favourite match? Well, the favourite game would have been 2002 prelim. 
because we'd come from nowhere. That was our first final series for mm. a while. Massive crowd. You couldn't hear your teammate next to you half a metre away. The, and that's genuine. You can. Yeah. No, nah, it, it would have been like the weekends. You know, yeah. you get that 90,000 um, Collingwood people that were there and um, we ended up winning going into the grand final. So there's always that excitement buzz. Geez, we're one, one step away now from winning it. Um, and the second question was? Uh, a young Pendlebury. Pendlebury. Yeah. Oh, look, he, he always stood out with class. He, he was going to take a little bit of time to the extent that his body was still catching up. He needed that power. And I, the first time I really noticed him going to the next level was that exactly that game he t- spoke about, that West Coast um, drawn final. That's when he really stood up, him and Swanee, in that game. You thought, here we go. We've got two good mids coming through now. Yeah, that was uh, back when he had the dreadies, wasn't it? He yeah, could have been. He had dreadies there at one stage. Was he, <laughs> all right. is, is, was he Breach? in that time one of the best midfielders for understanding the work he had to do behind centre? Oh, yeah. Look, he, yeah, he's he's always been. Maybe we talk about it all the time, the basketball background, but oh, he, yeah, he yeah, sets up yeah. the play all the time. And I watched him specifically um, the other night. He just gets back to centre court, controls the centre grid and gets back to support defenders. But mm. uh, he denies access for opposition teams coming through the middle. Mm. Getting a stack of texts coming through. We'll get to those shortly. We need to go to a break. Kimba on the Roots with you. Thanks to Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona. Imagine to be bold. If you've got a question for Scotty Burns, send it through on 0427 there's a few coming through regarding Tommy Duday and James Borlase. We'll get to those mm. shortly. Hey, just a quick reminder, SENN AFL Grand Final Day partner is Cobram Estate. Now, Roach, we have all the Cobram oil in here. We'll give one of those to Scotty Burns. It's the best uh, virgin oil you can get. Premium Australian Extra Virgin Olive Oil and OMF. Big, big spring sale is now on. Tune in on Saturday from 1pm right here on SEN. Well, speaking of good oil, mm. Scott, you're the man who watches the game. You know yes. about trends. What changed in AFL football this year in the coach's box? What did you see changing tactically or the way the game was played? I think it's slowly evolved over the last few years where this team's obviously going a bit more direct and a bit quicker with the ball in hand, which was interesting last week with, with Collingwood. I thought early they went a bit slow. It was quite a dull game for that first half. Now, Giants may have defended that well as well. Um, but there's no doubt the Melbourne model, the Richmond model, where teams were prepared to go quickly um, from half back to half forward to their key position forwards, um, not necessarily uncontested marks. I think that's got the game going a little bit quicker um, forward. So Malcolm Blight was right. He said, last time I looked, he's been saying it for 20 years, the score that, the team that scores the most wins the game. So it's better for the fans. Well, I mean, there's a lot to do. This is the, the arguments or the debates we have as coaches. There's, there's certainly field position, which is hugely mm. important because you can't score without field position. But there's also, mm. also time you need. You need to have the ball in your hand. Deny the opposite and wait till you can see that opportunity to go direct and hard back at the, the opposition. So there's, there's different methods you need to score. When I went to Hawthorne, they had the three modes, straight, zigzagging forward or, or yep. around. And it was really, you know, whatever the opposition give us, we have to take. So you have to be good in all those three areas. And well, Adelaide set the pace on that, didn't they? To do being more aggressive with scoring. Adelaide was one of the more aggressive sides for scoring. I but think this year, certainly oh, lifted yeah, the scoring, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's a terrific effort for what, uh, from where we've come from to be largely first for, for scores four, and I think we ended up second to Brisbane in the end. But, um, you know, we've got a very talented forward line too. We we certainly back our boys 1v1. Um, the other thing, there's a couple of other little areas. I think the boys around the stoppages, they're driving their legs better. Um, you know, they're, they're obviously good with our hands around the ball. We've been known as a contest team. Like we, we, we try very hard. We don't give the opposition too much in those contests. But what we did add was a bit more shape with our hands and a bit more drive with our legs to go back at them. And then I think the inclusion of, or the improvement of, of Malia and Hinge back in the side yep. and Smith mm-hmm. across half back makes you go um, forward pretty quickly as Itchy well. Hinge probably being one of the 
bigger success stories this year. Uh, Tom Duday and James Borlace, well, we're not going to hear from Tom Duday until after the grand final, given that Brisbane and Collingwood apparently both the clubs that are interested in him. What's your gut telling you? Yeah, well, I mean, I hope Tommy stays. I love Tommy. I love working mm. with him. He's, you know, we've got a, a younger back line and he's certainly been one of the leaders down there with, with Brody Smith. Um, but, you know, he's got a decision to make and, and you don't get too involved at times with those things when you're mm. an assistant coach. Um, and Borlase was fantastic when he came in later in the year. He's really improved each year. He's got better and better and was probably one of the better SNFL defenders uh, for a large part of the year. So that was pleasing that he got the opportunity and performed quite well. So he's waiting to get a contract. So he's in limbo. Is it fair to say that he hasn't got one yet until you know what's happening with Tom Duda? Not yet no. as well, but there's yep. also a few things going on with Category B that we're looking for now. There might be a couple of changes to that, so we're just waiting to hear back from the AFL in the next week or so. Hey, let's have a quick chat about assistant packages. Uh, the news came out yesterday. North Melbourne's being looked after nicely. I'm not a big fan for it. Uh, Chris Scott certainly isn't. This is what he had to say today about North Melbourne's assistant package. So there is a mechanism of equalisation within the competition already. If you finish second last, you get second pick in the draft, and they've had that for a number of years now yep. because they chose to go down a certain path. Mm. But the AFL pretty quickly has got to get to the point, in my view, where they just get out of the way and let the system operate without this blatant manipulation. <laughs> Good luck with that. He went on to say Good luck a, with that. that. That's how Hawthorne set up their dynasty yeah. with their picks with Hodge and Franklin, etc. Uh, so, so where's the tipping point here? Where do you say we can't keep handing out free hits for teams if they're going to mess it up? And at what point do we panic if a competition always has one team at the bottom and then it looks terrible that you know, a fan base just has no hope? Where, yeah. Where's the tipping point on this one? Yeah, well, I guess when you look at North, I mean, we've probably closely aligned to us at Adelaide. We both made a decision around that 2020 era there to, to maybe go back down and, and develop underneath. So we, we've been on the same paths. <clears throat> the difference is that, that North have had what five coaches, if you include Patch Adams, in mm. four years. You can't get continuity. With five coaches. Mm. Now, Clarkson does a pre-season, win their first two games, and then yep. he's not there for the yep. rest of the year. So yep. it's hard. So I don't, I don't think it's necessarily about their list. I think they've got a really strong midfield group coming through, a young midfield group. It'll, it'll match anyone in the next four to five years. So that's already there for me when I look at the names. Um, but, yeah, there's been no consistency or no continuity whatsoever with coaches, and that affects players and performance. So do they deserve an assistant package? Definitely don't deserve a 2024. That, yeah. that just shouldn't be there. Now, you can debate whether it should be this year, but I'd probably hold my horse and say, no, let's, uh, like you're saying, like Rich said earlier here, if it's mm. a long amount of time that you're down the bottom, then um, let's, let's have a look at it. But it's only been three to four years. All right. West Coast in a lot of pain. You're familiar mm. with those. We'll get to them in a minute. Here's one. Uh, Scott, at the end of the upcoming traded period and draft, will the Adelaide list be younger than they were this year after McAdam and potentially Duday go missing? Uh, go, sorry, going and missing out on Redmond. If we get younger, then we are heading backwards at this stage of a rebuild in its fifth year, question mark. So if you lose a 27 or 28-year-old, um, it's going to make you a younger list. Is that a concern? It doesn't mean you're heading backwards. Mm. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's really interesting when you look at the, the age profile. So last year we were easily the youngest um, youngest list and in terms of experience games played, we were... We're actually significantly younger than Hawthorne were this year, which everyone forgets yep. about. So everyone looks at Hawthorne this year, 2023. What a great job Sammy Mitchell's done. Mm -hmm. They've cleaned them out. They've won their seven games, percentage of 80. Well, we're actually significantly younger and less experienced last year, 12 months ago, and won one more game, won eight, and set about 86, 87%. So you've got to be careful saying that youth can't get you to where you want to get to because if we sat here last year, 12 months ago, um, 
we would have been, no one would have expected Adelaide to make the eight. Yep. And we sit here right now really disappointed we didn't. We go from a percentage of around that 86 to nearly 116. So we've increased significantly. Mm. And we didn't add too much more experience to our list this and year. I, so. And I know we only chatted a couple of weeks ago. And take the, forget about the Sydney decision. And those sides should be 40 points down by half time. But, gee, there were some games you had chances during the year. Um, here's some feedback for you before we go to a break. Collingwood haven't got the defenders to stop Charlie Cameron, Joe Danaher, Eric Hipwood and Rayner. The Pies will get hammered, Burnsy. Take that from Robert. Well, you're making it sound as if I'm a rabid um, Collingwood supporter. I'm not on the Crows now. I'm all over the Crows. Um, I, uh, it's really interesting because I love the the um, mid-size Brisbane forwards. Mm. They're powerful, quick. you got you got, obviously got Charlie. There's McCarthy. Rayner's been sensational in the final series with his strength. Bailey or Zorko go through there as well. So they can really hurt you. But there's Quainer, there's there's Maynard. This, this team can actually match him in that area. And um, Murphy's underrated yeah, behind the ball for so. Collingwood. He, he's a yeah. very, very good player. So I'm not sure whether that'll be the area um, that um, could win the game for Brisbane. I know they've got strengths there. But to me, it's going to come down to that midfield battle. Will they let the going and Chris get out the front with that momentum? Can they hold that up? Because Brisbane the other way can just get to that, that front of um, stoppages and get forward and kick those deep entries inside 50. We'll get your preview on that game a little later. We've got you for half an hour still. We need to go to a break. Stack of texts coming through for you. If you want to ask Burnsy a question, 0427 154 We're here thanks to Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona. Imagine to be bold. Burnsy, we'll ask you a couple of quickies here. This is from Joey from Camden Park. He's a Crows man. Hi, fellas. What will the Crows be targeting at the trade table and draft? And is there any bloody update on our new headquarters? <laughs> no update on the new headquarters. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of what, oh, look, I'm not specifically sure completely what we'll be uh, targeting in the draft, but certainly best available still. We, we just need good players, good quality players in. And um, most of the areas are ticked off. We still need a few couple of little areas. We'd love, like we've said publicly, get a big inside mid or a powerful inside mid that can break lines. I said to Gary and Chris before, that's the sort of player you'd yep. love to get. doesn't mean we haven't got it either because we've still got a lot of younger players that are still developing. So um, that's, that could still be there. That could come to fruition hopefully the next 12 months with something underneath. Burnsy, how, we often talk about this and we know how important the list managers are. How much say do you have in the type of player that comes into the club, yourself and the coach, but as senior assistant? Well, we have a list management committee. So you've got that in place. Nixie's on, on that. that. No, not on that. So no. Nixie's on that. Then you'll get, um, obviously, Rue, make the big decisions. There's yep. finance. You've got the salary cap. So there's, they're making the final decisions. When they're arming and arming or when they've got any doubts with anything or they just want a, a third opinion from outside their little bubble, mm. they'll come to us and uh, as assistant coaches and maybe ask a few questions, show us a few highlights. What do you think? Can this player play here? Yep. All right, we'll get on the Lockie Gallant, talking to players playing in different positions. We'll do that. And we'll talk about uh, James Riley, what he's brought to the club as well as their forward coach. All right, Kimbo on the Roots, time to go to the news. A big thank you to IGA Supermarkets. How the locals like it. We love their support. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. Our special guest is Scotty Burns. Player still got the ball out to Johnson. Johnson on the left boot with a dicky, dippy little kick. It oh. went nowhere. Burns and Voss bounced off each other. Oh. Two of the hardest nuts on the ground. Oh. Memories. 2003. Is the oh, bruising out yet? Can't remember that. Oh, <laughs> come on, you can't remember as well. The classic moments of yeah. the NFL Grand Final. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? That, uh, 20 years, it goes pretty quickly. But uh, oh, it was like I said earlier, it was the, the prelim finals to, to to win those and get through to the Grand Final was um, yeah, it was amazing when you'd been denied any finals experience mm. or success for probably five or six years. My first five or six years, and um, I remember that game specifically. 
um, when Josh Fraser kicked the goal. It was around the 20-minute mark of the last quarter to put us up, put both hands in the air. That's the only time I ever thought, hang on, we're a chance to win this. It hadn't yep. even crossed my mind in the previous three quarters and 20 minutes because you just had your role to play, and that's where Mick was fantastic. And um, You know, he, he certainly believed in us. He, he he gave us roles that we were capable of performing. Yep. Um, and one thing he said afterwards was that out of everything he's done in his football coaching career, is the only photo he had up in his in his lounge room was the 2002 grand final because he he thought he couldn't have got any more out of that team at that point in time. Yeah, it was interesting. Though. There was about 16 or 18 blokes that played 200 games, but at that point in time they were young. We were, we were a different sort of age brackets. 16 to 18 that went on to play 200. But what about the team you were up against? Uh, the talent that they had. Amazing team. When you, you you go through the names, there's always eight or ten that could have been all Australian, and yeah. there's another six that were unlucky maybe to miss. Um, yeah, there's. And they, look, they went through a similar period there where they, they got those early picks with, with Lepich and, and Vossi was in the academy maybe at that point in time, I think, and um, Scott's. So, so they had these early picks um, when they and were the struggling. Refit, and the refit once Fitzroy went. Yeah, that's right. And they got that as well, which, mm. which definitely helped them. I mean, Chrissy Johnson was a star. Superstar. Martin Pike went up and was terrific. Yeah. Um, going up there and that, that midfield was as strong as it gets. And, um, you know, everyone talks about... Vossi's the captain of that, but I always felt that Simon Black was the one that just always used to get us. He was just a terrific player, um, clean, just set people up so much. And he had that speed on his periphery that he'd give it to Fly or give it to Acker or, yeah. or Lappin and, and they were off. So you and Vossi bounced off each other. It's a brutal game and we've seen it's a more serious game about the brutality of it today. Damien Hardwick won the battle. He got rid of the medical sub, became a tactical sub. A year on, would you keep it or would you go with more on the bench? Yeah, I'd, personally, I'd sooner just five on the bench. Just leave it. Mm. And it's it's more to do with well, – we can bring the player on at any time, which yep. which is fine. But it's more to do with the player. So r- right now, he might come on as a, a tactical sub, play 20 minutes this week. The team's done really well. Let's keep the same team. We'll mm-hmm. keep the same team. Uh, then the next week, the young fella, he gets another 30 minutes as a tactical sub. So in, in two weeks, he hasn't played much football. And then we get to – look, we need to change it mm. through no fault of your own, really. Mm. It's just that you're the, te- the other 22 were doing really well. And then all of a sudden at SNFL level or VFL or Waffle level, our team's got to buy in two weeks. No <laughs> so you yeah. can actually you can actually get a player who has played very little football in four to five weeks, but he's the next one knocking on the door. So get rid so of five a, on the bench. Or I, think, six? I think five's on. No, I don't think I'd go six. I think five's easy enough. Let's just keep it at that. You're a Norwood boy. Uh, you eventually get back to Adelaide as a senior assistant coach. How are you enjoying the showdowns? Yeah, I enjoy them because they're 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 big games. There's, there's pressure on it. I I. Look, it's strange. Even at Collingwood, I didn't get too caught up with the Collingwood Carlton games. I loved it because it was going to be a big crowd, mm. you know, and, and it was going to be it was going to be on. It was going to be hard. It was going to be pressure early, and it was basically survival of the fittest. Best team wins at the end. I love I love the fact that you know since I've been here, the young list we've got have to play a hard and Port Adelaide team, and they've got to step up. They have to. Um, and you know, over the last few years, we've slowly seen the improvement where they had us. Then eventually we've we've got level and and this year was pleasing that we ended up getting a couple of wins. Uh, Johnny from Prospect says, uh, Burnsy, what's the plan for the midfield? Please say filthy Riley Thilthorpe, Peds Pedler, Rash Rochelle and Rankin are running through the middle. Yeah, we did that this year too. That that, that happened. Um, I mean, you got your main stars. I mean, you, you saw. Leary and Dorse, what they did you know, at the Brownlow last night. Dorse has been sensational since he's he's um, gone to the midfield. Um, really pleased for Leddy last night. I think he voted in 12 games. Um, I think he's an under, underrated little player for us, and he's terrific. But we certainly had Rochelle. We certainly had Saligo. We certainly had Pedler going through there at times. Just remember, they're only second year in as well, so there's still growth. 
um, or Peds' third year, but he's had a lot of injuries and niggles over his period of time. And, and Thilthorpe has definitely been used as a second ruck a fair bit. So yep. they've gone through there. When you sat through the exit meetings, what's the best feedback you got from the players? In the exit meetings, from mm. a player specifically? Um, or, or, or general theme? Yeah, was was there, there a theme? I think they're all different because they've all got their own little quirks and they've got their own little things they're working on. Um most, of, if I could say one message that we're getting from the playing group is that they're loving it. They're, they're loving the place. They're, they're loving the group they're working with. Um, and the main one out of it all, which Adelaide fans would be pleasing, is that or pleasing to hear, is that they want to get better. They're not happy where we're at. So there was a, there was a real – they were pretty gutted at the end of the year. Um, so they should be after the way they yeah. were treated um, that last go. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a few texts coming through. Have you got a sense of humour regarding the Sydney game yet? Mm. Yeah, give me – that phone number and see if he's got a sense of humour. I'll ring him at 3am every morning for the next um, next week. Uh, yeah, give us your starting uh, midfield lineup for next year, given you've given Crouchy another two years. Oi, uh, Oi. Well, I'll guarantee, I'll guarantee you Dawson Laird. Yeah. <laughs> well, would, would you, here we yeah. go. Here, can open. Ooh. Quick, quick, hit it. Can well, open. Ooh. Can yeah. open. Words <laughs> everywhere. He goes. You, you said you were proud. Now, Laird, he's a regular on our show. He absolutely hates it when I bring this up. It's all about team balance and team first. He's a two-time All-Australian as a defender. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got a few people that in options now can go through the midfield, and if Crouch stands up, would you consider having him as the small defender? We consider everything, Kim, no matter who the player is. But, uh, look, I, I think he's been – he has stood up. Since I've been here, he is mm-hmm. the one that has stood up week in, week out. Um, and I think he's been terrific in that area. I think he's all lucky. I, I look at the, the All-Australian team and the squad's going, I'm not quite sure how he doesn't quite get the recognition. Which is okay. We, yeah. we certainly recognise him internally. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's opportunities. We'll, we'll throw Dorse around at times. Um, Letty may have to move around at times. It depends on week in, week out. But at the moment, I think his best position is midfield. And um, like I said earlier, we've got some pretty good defenders coming through in, in Hinge and, and Maxi Michael Annie behind the ball, really like Nan Curvis. Um, Smithy's still playing some great football yep. at, at 30 years of age. And I love the fact that uh, Wayne Miller got back from those injuries because we saw his quality at times as well. Yeah, he looks better in defence. And uh, Pistol Parnell looked pretty good in the Sandfall as well. Yeah, he looked very good when he took that hanging. Mm. Uh, Lady uh, <laughs> used to be very strong over here yeah. until you moved him in the midfield. Yeah, he was probably the unluckiest football player this year in terms of he got knocked out round yeah. two, missed. Um, he went to come in over in Melbourne, um, Gastro. Mm. And there was another something else happened somewhere where he's due to come in, and I'm not sure, I can't quite remember what happened. But he's missed. Basically, he was in three times and was out due to, to injury or concussion or something similar. Could you clear up one for us? We were hit with so many text messages about Riley O'Brien and his off-field studies and so forth, and that he couldn't complete them in Adelaide. That he would have to move to Melbourne. What's fact or myth in that? Uh, in what bit? Sorry, it, the... Does he have to eventually move to Melbourne? Can he not continue his studies in Adelaide? What? Uh, no, it's the first time I've heard of that. Yeah. No, I, went, so many no, I think that was rumour because we rang the club and uh, there's no truth to it as far as they knew. And uh, I'm sure that Rob would have spoken to the club if that was the fact. So I think that was just a rumour. But it was running It was running hot for a while. Mm. Hey, take us through a few. We see players over the years. Uh, I can remember Sean McKernan and I used to think, oh, Adelaide shouldn't let him go because he could tease you. You think he's going to develop. They all take a little bit longer when they're bigger. Elliot Himmelberg, sometimes I think the penny's just going to drop and he's going to be a regular AFL player, but it hasn't quite happened. No, and it's what's said. I mean, t- Texas is the one that's um, playing through football, obviously, the last mm. two to three years. 
Fogarty really turned it around at the end of 2022. Then he bent himself in half at Adelaide Oval there early in the year, about five or six rounds in, and he, he struggled with a knee there probably for about eight weeks, but started to get back as well. We think Fogarty's going to be a very good player, and, and Riley was the other one in the forward line as the second ruck. So um, it's not easy getting in. When he has come in, he, he has performed quite well. I mean, he kicked four goals in that showdown there, I think, uh, early last year. So he can certainly play at this level. Um, unfortunately, he's had a few little niggles, had a few shoulder problems, which has hampered some of his pre-seasons, and at the moment, he's he's got a, a pretty significant hamstring strain, so he's just making his way back from that. He's Costa. He always likes stirring the pot. How good were both the showdown uh, wins this year? Does the club like that Port uses the hatred messages to fire them up, and do you guys uh, feed off of that? No, we don't feed. We, we worry about ourselves a fair bit. We don't, we don't worry about that too much. Um, yeah, I, I know the LA supporters, they're loving it. They're great. We won two showdowns, but I'll, I'll swap um, finishing yeah. top four and <laughs> win the two showdowns. <laughs> Of the grand final, how do you see it playing out? Mm. I've, I've got Brisbane just ahead. I think their, their two games in the final series have been quite strong. Um, I think they've played some really good football. Collingwood have a way, though, to, to negate opposition strengths and, and make it a hard contest game throughout. And The last two weeks, I mean, we, we forget even that Melbourne game, that first uh, round of the finals. Melbourne were like 60 plus inside 50s to 37, 38. Don't remind me. Yeah, and uh, last week um, the Giants in the second quarter they, the third. They, well, Start yeah, of the third was amazing. Yeah, that was too, but the, the second, I thought at half time, Collingwood are lucky here not to be a few more goals down. So they had a great 40 minute period, but they dig deep Collingwood, they find a way, they there's certainly, I thought last week, Nick Dacos got into the game as the game wore on after five or six weeks out, so he should be better coming into this week. But Collingwood's defence was, was fantastic, and so was Giants, actually, to tell you the truth, too. But Collingwood's defence was, was really solid, I thought, um, against some of those better players. Do, do teams get nervy about taking on Collingwood in the corridor? No, I don't think so. No, I think I don't get nervy. I think the fact that they're there. Like I said earlier in the game, like Penelbury will patrol that area, yeah. and there'll be a half okay. forward yeah. with him a fair bit there as well. So... They, they set up very, very well to deny you access to it. Now, if it's there, you, you have to take it on because there's not too many opportunities. And that's why finals is, is such a great thing to watch because there's probably only, let's say, a half of football. There might only be five or six times you get the opportunity to really hurt the opposition because they're not set up. Okay, so and they're you not make nervous the most about it. They just denied it. Yeah, I think they deny it as yeah. well as anyone. Okay. Uh, this year was a lost opportunity for the Melbourne Football Club. Well, from the outside, it was. You talked about that Collingwood game. Uh, when, you, when you're coaching, and we know Goody's a smart coach. He's not, he's not silly. The whole world could see what was happening in that second term with repeat inside 50s, yet they just kept bombing it in. Uh, how, how do you change that in the in the middle of a quarter or during the game? Like it's I'm sitting there going, hold on to the football, chip it around a little bit, you know, yeah. like, like lower the eyes. But uh, it was so congested back there. It was interesting because I thought Carlton were doing the same thing probably about 15, 20 minutes into that first. They mm-hmm. were winning it um, quite um, close to their front, like their, their 50. They win about 65 out. So yeah, the space doesn't open up. That's the other thing. Melbourne, mm. if you win the ball back um, centre wing or maybe on a half-back flank, there's a bit more space to use the ball. Sometimes with those repeat in-out in plays, which comes from the, from your forward 50 to about 60 metres out. Yeah, and that's where it was happening. Well, well people haven't had time to empty out yet. So it's it's crowded, it's condensed. Yeah, you want to shift it a little bit if it's there. But at the same time, if you can hit that top of the, the, top of the 50, there may be free kicks, there may be marks. A forward 50 stoppage isn't terrible at times as well. They just didn't get reward for, for their effort. So when's uh, everything start again for the boys? What's the situation now? You're off at the moment. When do the uh, younger players come back, senior players come back? And 
Yeah, we'll all come back together because the boys, uh, the younger fellas played in the um, SNFL, so they're always uh, a bit later than the, the AFL boys. So I think it's November 27th. I think okay. it's around that period there. We get back, but we, we've got, uh, this is one of the, the areas I've been really impressed with the players that we've got at Adelaide even from first day in, was that they, they train hard together and they train from six weeks out. So yeah. even at the moment, the boys are getting together doing some running, which surprised me the other day. They're, they're, they're keen. Um, they, love, uh, they love working hard. They love each other's company. So it really puts you in good stead. Um, oh, lost train of thought there. Um, I'm still go, in shock that we had two coaching vacancies and your name wasn't mentioned with either of them. Oh, that's where I wanted to go. <laughs> well, I wasn't. No, you were. No, well, we we are. A, we are shocked. We made a decision as a family to come back here three or four years ago. Mm. Um, sometimes it's not always about me. You never rule anything out. But at the same time, we've got kids in school. Mm. You know, have to uproot them again to go somewhere else. Um, but more importantly, well, not more important than family, but I'm, I'm really loving the journey that we're on at the Adelaide Football Club. I... I you know, you go through, I told you the um, the age experience, our age profile and our experience where we were in 2022, so 12 months ago, to win eight games where I think that's nearly the most the team's ever won from being the youngest or inexperienced to 12 months later getting to a position where we were just clinging nearly to that eight spot. We couldn't quite get there, but improved significantly. And um, this is, look, it's a really hard gig for, for Matty Nix. Matty's come in with, to a, to a, a club where... They haven't been down for a while. So most of these other boys come in, or these other coaches come in, where a club's been 15th, 16th, 14th, 13th. No, no he, he came in when the club was just teetering just out of the eight with a really, I think it was the second oldest list ever. So he hasn't started the rebuild. Everyone says, oh, Nixie started the rebuild in 20. No, he demolished for two years. Mm. So within two years, so at, at 2022 was when the rebuild really started. Things were getting put in place, but there was a demolish Let's get it down. Let's start again. So what he's done, I think, has been terrific over his journey at this point in time. Did you need to go so hard with that demolish? Well, at this stage, let's touch wood. I think everything's gone to plan. Everything's been working out. Um, Apart from the wooden spoon. Yeah, but then you get Riley Thilton. There are other things that do yeah. come from that. Now, you don't go out to win a wooden spoon, but you need to give players experience. Mm. Um, the other thing, Nixie comes in, but it's 2020. It's a COVID year where you can't train yeah, together as yeah, well. Yeah. So not only are you ripping people out, like your experienced players are leaving, but you have also can't train together, which made it incredibly difficult. So Seems a lifetime ago, that. Hey, just a quickie. With uh, assistant coaches, it seems a glamorous job, but you do more hours than uh, most people would do in the workforce. There's a lot of stress as well, and you're dealing with just not football matters, but the, the personal lives of young men. Uh, we see Port Adelaide. Nathan Bassett had been there for uh, eight years. Um, I don't know if you ever played... Yeah, played play. with Bass. With Bass yep. at Nord. At Nord, yeah. You did. Yeah, played with him. And you talked about your, your situation with family. I believe he's in the same position. Mm. Eight years at uh, Port Adelaide. Would there be a spot at Adelaide for him? Oh, you'd have to talk to those higher above me. Bass is a star, though. He's, uh, mm. I thought what he did at Nord for those years when he went back there. Um, you know, and, and he's got a bit of experience, obviously, in Melbourne as well, going over there to play. So, um, obviously, just wasn't uh, a player at Adelaide and stayed in Adelaide to coach. He, he's seen other things in Melbourne as well. So he, he's got a huge amount of experience and I'm sure there'll be um, people knocking on the door and giving him a call. Well, let's hope so. Burns, we really appreciated having you in. We've got about a minute to go. I've got to do this credit. Uh, in local basketball team, uh, if you're in a local basketball team and you love your coach, together with the advertiser, we're looking for Australia's basketball super coach. There's a prize pool including cash, merchandise and NBL experiences worth over 10,000 smackaroonies for your local club, your coach and you. Plus register to play super coach for your chance to win a bonus $2,500. Head to iCanWin.com.au for more details. 
Bernsey, really appreciate you uh, popping in. We'll finish just to make it really clear with the grand final prediction because we'll hold you to it. No, I'm just leaning towards Brisbane. Norm Brisbane. Smith. Norm Smith. Uh, oh, I'll go Zach Bailey to kick four. Zach Bailey, I love it. Appreciate you coming in. Uh, Have a good break and uh, all the best for next season.